Neil Anderson is the founder of Freedom in Christ Ministries. He is also author of a number of books. Uh, the original books were Victory Over the Darkness and The Bondage Breaker. It was over 25 years ago that I sat down with Neil to discuss the Bondage Breaker book. The copy I have in front of me right now indicates that the book has sold over 1,300,000 copies. You ask me why? Well, because the teaching in the book has been transformational. It has changed the lives of thousands of Christians. And I would like to see Freedom in Christ Ministries have input into your life so that you can walk in the victory that we are promised because of the death, burial, and resurrection of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. I am convinced the big reason this teaching is so helpful is it helps us to literally go to the Lord and allow the Lord to reveal to us things that we need to repent of, things we need to renounce. Here's Neil Anderson from our original interview. We're talking about God and just the only way he can, just bringing back to our mind all those false teachers and prophets that I did. And God does it. I mean, it's an amazing thing oh, how he leads us to this area. Mm-hmm. It's just that quiet you know, way that God just says, ah, I, that's right. I totally forgot about that. I got involved with this uh, uh, false teacher one time or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And one of the more subtle ones here, just to show you how repentance ties into this thing. I can tell you across the board, if you have made some blood pack uh, innocently with a friend, well, I'm going to cut my finger, we're going to mm-hmm. put our fingers together, or in anything like that, I said, you better renounce that because that is a counterfeit of the, of the, of the blood, blood of pack that I have with God. Mm. I've been bought and purchased by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, you see that in, in Eastern uh, uh, religions. You see it you know, all over the world, cutting themselves. Whatever else I'm saying, you better renounce that. Some of it is very, very, very subtle, and some of it's very, very obvious, you know. I play the Ouija board, but I didn't really. That's false guidance. You listen to a message. Uh, there's a gal uh, going back for years. Uh, I mean, you know, abortions and fault for 10 years of her life and uh, uh, just terrible stuff. And if you met her, now she's a Christian. She taught against that kind of stuff, but she's living in utter defeat. Uh, uh, terrible thoughts running through her mind. Finally, she dropped out, wouldn't go to church anymore. And um, she came to our conference somewhat under duress and watched uh, the video showing where I lead a gal to freedom in Christ. And, and she couldn't watch it. She walked out. Years of counseling. Couldn't get at the core of this thing. I, I mean, just terrible. Just the, ruining her life, marriage, ministry, everything else. And when she prayed that prayer and asked God to reveal that to her, it was like the clouds rolled back. And it just brought her right back to when she was about seven years old. This horrible dark figure came in her room and said... Um, uh, promised not to kill her if he would, uh, if she would let him share her life, basically. And as soon as that was revealed, I mean, she just started to shake in front of me. She was frightened to death. Some uh, Catholic priest tried to give some exorcism over her, and she ended up beating up the priest, and she's afraid we're going to be damaged and hurt again. And I said, we're not going to get hurt. I said, all it is is an intimidating thought. We're not going to lose control here. And, uh, and then that, that little old voice just started to remind her, you play with the magic eight ball. Remember when you played the magic eight ball? That was the whole point of entry. And that's coming back again. And so she renounced playing with that magic eight ball. She renounced that statement that she made, inviting that dark figure. She commanded it to leave in the name of Christ. She's a different person. Now she's leading people to freedom all over the place. I mean, it was just it's a remarkable thing. You say, honestly, could that be the source of all that? Well, you invite some dark figure into your life. You made an invitation here. You opened the door. Have you ever asked the Lord to reveal to you any way you may have opened up the door 
to spiritual attack. It wasn't until I read The Bondage Breaker that I asked the Lord to reveal things to me. And one of the first things he revealed to me was the use of a Ouija board when I was young. And I had to deal with that. I went on and asked Neil about, he talks about repentance and how important it is. Now we're forgiven, but we still need to repent. And then the idea of renouncing something we've done in the past. Well, renounce is something that's been lost in our Christian community. I mean, the evangelical community, I might want to say, if you were confirmed as a Catholic, you would have said the age-old statement, 2,000 years they've been saying it. I mm-hmm. renounce you, Satan, in all your works, in all your ways. I had a Lutheran pastor attend my conference one time. He said, well, we, that's a matter of course. We say that, you know, routinely. And so, for whatever reason, the evangelical segment of Protestant Christianity has, has left that out. Why, I'm not sure. The idea of renouncing is just the first step in repentance, and I guess we've left repentance out too in, in a lot of ways. I mean, let me back up and say something. The steps to freedom don't set you free. Who sets you free is Christ. What sets mm-hmm. you free is your response to him. I mean, the steps to freedom, John, are a tool. It can be used wrong, it can be used right. Uh, it's a comprehensive process of really repentance is what it is but repentance we've lost that you know we we live under the caricature of the guy walking around in a robe and a beard with a sign that repent i don't i don't want to be identified that so we're embarrassed about it so we said well i confessed it i said if you really did a good study in scripture Mm -hmm. confession is the first step to repentance but it is not complete repentance you know confess first john one night if you confess your sins if you look at the context what he's really saying is walk in the light there's nothing in that passage says that to confess my sins says need, I need to ask forgiveness, for instance. It isn't there. It's just confess. Just live in conscious moral agreement with God. Live in the light. Walk in the light. Speak the truth in love. But to repent something, see, is to say confess. You start there and say, okay, God, you know, I did that. Truthfully, you're, you're forgiven. He died once for all. Every child of God is forgiven, past, present, and future. But what am I doing here then? Well, <laughs> I want to repent. You say, you know, that was all taken care of on the cross. Kind of like saying, are ev- is everybody forgiven? Well, Christ died once for all, so everybody's sins are forgiven, have all appropriated that, have all repented it, have all received it, and the answer is no. He died for all the sins of the world. So, I mean, in one sense, all are forgiven. But I can forgive somebody and not be, and not be reconciled to them. To be reconciled, I would need to repent. And the New Testament clearly stated this. Now, I, I hesitate to say this and to put that information in the hands of a legalist because then you end up with a list of do's and don'ts and, and, uh, and that would be a sick caricature of what I'm trying to suggest we do. It, it really ties more in with the whole idea of renewing my mind. You see, when I first became a Christian, I've received the mind of Christ. The natural man cannot discern the things of God because they're spiritually appraised, but we have the mind of Christ. So the moment I was born again, regenerated child of God spirit of God lives within me I'm alive I'm in Christ now really I have the the possibility of truly repenting and now I can say I'm not going to do that anymore see repent as you know break it Mm -hmm. down means change of mind but it's more than that because it's if I used to believe this consequently I live this way now I choose to believe this and consequently I'm going to live this way it's it's a whole new way to live my life is what it really is but to do that I can't just say okay I trust in Christ and believe all the other garbage there too. See, that mm-hmm. wouldn't be repentance. And see, we got people coming into our church and they say, well, if you will receive Jesus in your life, your sins will be forgiven and when you die, you'll get to go to heaven. And we think that's the whole gospel. And I'm saying, well, <laughs> that would give you the impression that eternal life is something you get when you die. When you receive Christ in your life, you're alive, you're eternally alive right now at right. that moment. 
But you have now a tremendous capacity to repent. But if you say, I believe this, but I still believe this, ah, you haven't repented. And chances are you're going to have an up and down Christian walk because you're going to practice your old ways and practice your new ways. And somewhere you have to come to terms with it and say, my, my involvement with that false guidance, that false teachers, I'm not going to read my tea leaves anymore. I'm not going to read my astrological column anymore. That's false guidance. There's mm-hmm. only one true guide in my life, and that's the Holy Spirit. But to repent is to say, I renounce that. I, you know, let's put it simply. I say no to that. I say yes to this is what I'm really doing. And it's a process of renewing my mind. Genuine repentance would say, I'm no longer going to do that. I'm no longer going to be involved in that false guidance. I'm no longer going to go to that false teacher. I'm no longer going to receive my information from a counselor who doesn't know God, who doesn't know the truth, who couldn't guide me if they wanted to. Having now used the steps to freedom in working with a number of individuals, I have seen exactly what Neil just described. I also have seen exactly what Neil went on to describe in terms of some people don't realize the dangers of certain belief systems that run contrary to the Word of God. I'll tell you another subtle one. For instance, a guy came to me one time, and I know this is going to be a sensitive issue here, but said, he said, uh, why is this on the list? And I had Masons on there. My first answer to him was, I said, well, just, uh, why don't you just share with me what you did on your initiation? And he kind of looked at me, I can't, can't do that. I said, why not? Well, I made a vow. I said, what was the vow? I can't share it with you. I said, brother, if for no other reason alone I would have it on that list. I said, ask me anything I want to in my life. You can. You're not supposed to make a vow to anything other than God. And I know the vow that you made. Mm -hmm. And you should not have made that thing. And for your sake and your walk with God, you need to renounce that. Let's look at some of the more innocent ones. Let's look at uh, fraternities, sororities. What vow did you make there? What pledge did you make that you pledged to secrecy? You're supposed to walk in the light. You're not supposed to... And, and, you know, some of those things seem innocent, but I've had people come to me and say, I don't feel right about something I did a long time ago. Well, I'm glad God brought that to your mind, because if I tried to convince you it was wrong, using Greek gods and symbolisms, then you'd probably look at me and say, well, sorority is just a good thing. It's a fraternal organization and whatever else. I said, but it's a vow, and it's a false vow, and you're not supposed to have any vows. You're not supposed to have any other gods before you. So, I mean, some of it is very subtle, and, and some of it, probably will have no lasting effect or damage on your life. But sometimes you sit back. Now I made another vow. I made a commitment to God here that I gave my life to him. And uh, it's a covenant relationship. You made that a covenant relationship. And that is not a covenant relationship. The only covenant relationship we have is with God. And the only other one is marriage. Hmm. That's the only other covenant relationship that we have. And all others need to be renounced. Now it's important to point out that Neil is not talking about introspection where you continue to go back over your past to determine what may have taken place. No, the Holy Spirit was there, and the Holy Spirit will reveal what you need to deal with. We don't encourage people to inspect themselves. You know, mm-hmm. There's nowhere in the Bible where you're to direct your thoughts inwardly or ever passively. It's always actively and externally. On that law, I meditate day and night. The only time that may seem to... S- to see that you would inspect yourself, would say, test yourself to see whether or not the Spirit of God is within you. But that's only for a point of salvation. Now, how can we be deceived? Well, uh, through false prophets, false teachers, um, deceiving spirits, the, the spiritual side of this thing. But frankly, we can deceive ourselves. The uh, Bible clearly says, don't be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. You know, really challenges not to be deceived. Deception is a major issue here. Uh, if you look at the book of Revelation, is this a... Uh, the major final conflict here. Is it uh, is sin the major battle? Actually, no, it's deception. 
Hmm. It's the false teachers, the Antichrist, it's false prophets, it's, it's all deception. And that's how we began in Genesis, remember? Eve was deceived and she believed a lie. So it's just a way to try to come to terms with the fact, in what ways have I been deceived? About who I am, about who God is, about the nature of our Christian walk. We usually sit down and, and, and you know, some of this is just a matter. We're just going to put a stop to this, stop to this spiritual deception. Mm -hmm. And some of it is, is, I've had people check almost every list uh, on that thing and saying ways that I've deceived myself and, frankly, ways I've defended myself. This is a pattern of the flesh now. Well, gosh, in order for me to survive in this sick world, I'm going to have to, you know, deny that I ever did that or lie over here. And uh, I'm saying, boy, you better come to terms with that because now as a Christian, I'm forgiven. I don't have to have those defense mechanisms anymore. Jesus is my defense. 